right. All right, give it up for those crazy kids. All right, that's good. Hey, um, I just want you to, I am so grateful this morning for a church that shows up. And I'm not just talking about your uh, showing up through the snow today. I'm talking about the fact that the last time I was on this stage, I put out a call to say, hey, uh, you need to be involved in serving because that's good for you, but also your church needs you um, because we've got some gaps that we need to fill. And do you know we had almost 700 people in the last two weeks that have said, yeah, count me in, put me in. I mean, that is so awesome, and I am so grateful I mean, we put out this vision at the beginning of this year, said, hey, for the one and for the world. We want to get into volunteering, and we also wanted to really say, God, who is that one person in our life that you're calling us to bless? If you're here for Vision Night, Sean, uh, Pastor Sean shared this awesome story where he was out to dinner with his wife and another couple from the church, and a server uh, was waiting on them, and they struck up a conversation. It turns out the server's a single mom. She's working two jobs, just trying to make ends meet. And at one point she says, hey, you know what? Um, I'm taking the kids. We're going out to Vegas for vacation. Now, if you know Pastor Sean's story, uh, he used to work out in Vegas. He was a Cirque du Soleil clown for years. And um, yeah, just ask him to do a backflip. It's, it's really good. Anyway, uh, no, he was a pastor out there. And uh, he said, you know what? I used to work out there and I know some great places. She goes, well, I can't afford to do much. And he's like, well, let me show you some places you can go kind of on a budget and, and get this thing done. And that was awesome. But what was even more cool was the couple from our church that Sean was with said, hey, you know what? We're going to cover financially you being able to go out and be with your kids and do those things out in Vegas. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Just said, you know what, we want to bless you, we want you to go out there, and that generosity results in an invitation to show up at church. And I'm just so grateful that this vision that we're trying to, uh, that we're casting for our church, people are buying into, people are, are, are chasing down, which is awesome. Hey, um, before we start, I just want to pray real quick, and the reason I'm praying is because uh, there are 4,000 of you that are praying along with us in our 21 days of prayer. I think that is amazing. And I just want to ask God, because what we've said is God will move as we pray. Like no significant move of God happens apart from prayer. And so I just want to pause for a moment and recognize that. Would you pray with me? God, we know, we know that the only way significant, eternally significant things happen, Lord, is when we bow our head, is when we, we acknowledge, when we come in line with the Holy Spirit with your will for our lives. We pray, God, that you would, Lord, just um, inhabit the praises of your people, inhabit the next few minutes as we look into your word. Lord, help us to open up our spiritual ears, our spiritual eyes. Help us, Lord, to have soft hearts, to hear what you would have to say to us today. Father, for those who are here for the first time, we pray, God, that you would meet them exactly where they are. We come from different backgrounds, we come from different weeks. Some of us had uh, weeks where we got the promotion, others of us got, got cut. Some of us came, Lord, ready to sing songs of joy, and others of us, Lord, are lamenting this week. And so, Father, I'm so grateful for a God who knows us, who knows what we're going through, and who has a word and an encouragement for each and every one of us here. Lord, do your work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. 
uh, there were some students out in Colorado, and they decided what they were going to do is play a prank on their high school. So they snuck into the school at night, and they released three goats into the high school, which I think is a pretty good prank. But what made it even better was that they painted with spray paint on the side of the goats numbers. On one goat, they put the number one. On the second goat, they put the number two. And then on the third goat, they put the number four. And release the goats. Into, now, if somebody next to you is not chuckling, explain it to them, okay? Because I'm thinking, how long did they search for that missing number three goat? And I tell you that, just to ask you this question. Hey, who do you miss when they're gone? Who are the people, when they go out on vacation, you're like, you're happy for them that they're gone, but it, it's just not the same, you know? Who are the people that you miss when you roll up into a small group on a Tuesday night for church and, and their car's not there and, and you go, you know what, it's just not gonna be the same without so-and-so being there. You roll into work and you walk by their cubby and, and they're not there and you go, you know what, this, this is gonna be a long day. Like who is it in your life that you miss when they're gone? Who is it that when you've got a couple extra tickets to a ball game, they're the first ones that you wanna call? You know, I have, um, I have the privilege of working with some of the best church. In fact, I'm going to say it. We did a survey, a scientific survey. We have the most talented, wonderful church staff of any church in America. And I think you ought to just say praise God for them. Some of you are here today. Yeah, yeah, they did the study based on your love for Jesus, your talent, and your fashion sense. And uh, so you guys just really scored high. Anyway. And here's why I say that, because I have the privilege of working with some of the people that are also my best friends. Some of the people that I'm closest to that I want to do life with are also some of the people that I get to go to work with every day. And, and here's the thing, this, this past week we had an all-staff meeting with you know, a few hundred of our staff come together, we had prayer, we had worship together, and in the midst of that, one of our staff people was sharing about something in their life, and they, they shared about how a, a friend had recently passed away unexpectedly. And of course, as they shared that, they, they got a little choked up. They got a, a little emotional. And in the midst of that, I look away for a second, and then I look back at that person, and sure enough, you know, the guy that was weeping, he's this big old guy, you know, and here comes this other guy from the staff that had moved over and had, had walked over and put his arm around this guy. And in the middle of our staff meeting, you got these two big guys with their arms around each other just crying. And I thought, that's beautiful. Like, we need that. I need those kind of friends in my life. Our staff as well. You know, it's been a hard week with the shooting in Half Moon Bay, Half Moon Bay the shooting in Monterey Park, murder of Tyree Nichols. And, you know, we've got, a, we've got a very diverse staff. We have a staff of people that are from all kinds of backgrounds, different ethnicities, got people from different parts of the country got different age groups on our staff. We've got, you're not going to believe this, but we've got Republicans and Democrats on our staff, right? And when these news stories hit the news, a lot of times they're, they're some of the things that divide communities. They divide people. And I watched our staff seek to understand each other this week, um, mourn with each other this week, care for one another this week. And I just thought, you know what? 
so lucky to have that in my life. Now, here's the thing. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has people that are there with you to celebrate the good times and are there when things are not going well to get you through the hard times. Not everybody has that. For some people, that's missing. Uh, you know that in, 19, in the 1960s, Jack Warner, he was one of the last of the five living Warner Brothers, you know, the Warner Brothers pictures. And he sold his stock, his shares of the company for $640 million. And that's back in the 60s. Think about what that would have been worth today. He sold that, and in an interview, the uh, reporter kind of got excited, was just kind of overwhelmed with that number, and just asked the question, man, what are you going to do with all that money? Are you going to, uh, you know, have a party with all your friends? And, and Jack was kind of, you know, laughing at the time, but when he asked that question, he got real serious. And he said, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't have a single friend in this world. And I think about how sad that is because, you know, you think, man, somebody has $640 million. They, they've got success. They've got career. They've got influence. They've got power. They've got everything they could ever want, right? But how sad it would be to not be able to celebrate that with friends or to go through hard times with friends or not to have a friend. So I'm going to talk to you about friends. And I, I don't mean just any kind of friends because the truth is probably all of us have friends. If I said, you have friends, you said, yeah. I got 983 friends on the Facebook. You know, you got friends. But that's not what I'm talking about. And you know that that doesn't cut it. And I'm not talking about those kind of friends. I'm not even talking about buddies. I'm not talking about buddies that you can go play golf with or you can go to the game with. I'm not talking about people that you just occasionally hang out with or you kind of, you might know their kids' names. You goof off a little bit. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about significant friendships. Real relationships. Psychologists say that loneliness, especially since the pandemic, is one of the leading causes for the mental health epidemic that we have going on, the mental health crisis going on in our country right now. Significant relationships. Uh, John Ortberg wrote a book called Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them, which I think is a great title. Everybody's Normal till you get to know them. And in it, he shared this study from Harvard with 7,000 people over nine years. They were, uh, those who reported having no significant friendships, they found were three times more likely to pass away, to die. Those that reported no significant relationships, if they made a significant friend, they cut their risk of dying in the next year by half. Isn't that incredible? Another study was done, the Journal of American Medical Association, they got 276 volunteers who were volunteered to be infected with the virus that produces the common cold. People that signed up said, yeah, you can give me a cold. And the study found that the people with strong emotional connections did four times, people with strong emotional connections did four times better at fighting off illness than those who were more isolated. These people were less susceptible to colds, they had less virus, and get this, they, they produced significantly less mucus than relationally isolated subjects. You can't make that up, right? I mean, literally, it's true that unfriendly people are snottier than friendly people. And that was John Ortberg's joke, too, so if you didn't like that, just blame him. <laughs> I, I mean, we were just created, our bodies even for connection, 
for relationship. We're hardwired for it. So what I want to tell you today is, is kind of just two things. One is that friends matter. That friends matter. And you say, well, I know that. You know that. But the reason I'm telling you that is because if we, if we stop and think about it long enough, the truth is there are a lot of us who don't actually have a lot of significant, real close connection with people. There's a lot of us that are so busy chasing our careers or making sure that the kids get to soccer practice or making sure that we um, you know, fulfill all of our obligations that we never quite get a chance to be intentional about developing close personal friendships. Somebody once said, you know, Jesus did the miracle of the walking on water and Jesus did the miracle of the water to wine, but the most incredible miracle Jesus did was he had 12 close friends in his 30s. Because it's just really hard to do. And as we look at the book of Proverbs, what I would tell you is that Proverbs is this book of wise sayings, the wisdom that works, wisdom that if you implement it in your life, it, it, it works, it's practical, that's why we have these life hack videos. It's, this is, a, this is a, a book of wisdom, and it's a book written by or compiled by Solomon, who the the Old Testament says he was the wisest man who, who was living, who ever lived. And he was compiling it for his son. So what I think is interesting about the book of Proverbs is that it really is the intention, it's the heart of a father for his son. If I imagine for us today, the book of Proverbs is really, it's the heart of our heavenly father for us. Now, when it comes to friendships, if you're a parent, you understand a couple of questions that, that get asked. You know that when you show up, at, when you show up at the parent-teacher conference and little Johnny is, you know, uh, 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 in first grade or kindergarten, one of the things you want to know, in addition to, are, are they figuring out their shapes and their colors and their letters? At some point in that parent-teacher conference, you're leaning in and you're going, and, and does little Johnny have friends? Because as a parent, you know you don't want them to be, you know, alone on the playground. You don't want them, you know, sitting alone in the corner eating paste like that. You don't want that. You want them to have friends. And then the heart of the father, when, you, when those kids grow up and they're teenagers and they say, hey, dad, um, can I borrow the car? I want to go over to, to Timmy's house on uh, Friday night. One of the things you do is you lean in and you say, who's going to be there? Who's going to be there? Because in addition to knowing that friends matter, you also know that the kind of friends matter. So as we talk today, I don't want to just give you stuff that you already know, like friends matter. What I'd love to ask you to do is listen for the heart of our Father. Listen to what God might want to say to you, not new information, but what he might want to say to you today, and the first thing is this, that friends matter, that don't be so busy chasing career, doing everything to fulfill every responsibility, that you don't develop some significant relationships in your life. Friends matter. The second heart of our Father is this, that the kind of friends that you pick are important as well, and so I would say choose wise friends wisely. This is why you lean in and you say, you're going over to Timmy's house. Who else is going to be there? 
Because you know Proverbs 13, 20 is true, that you walk with the wise and you become wise. A companion of fools, though, suffers harm. In other words, choose wisely the friends that you're going to have. You know that if uh, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. If you walk with wise folks, you become wise. That's what that proverb says. If you walk with people who care about their health and fitness, that just seeps into who you are. You are more likely to care about health and fitness. If you, if you want a great marriage, then go find some people who you think, man, they've got a great godly marriage. I want to hang out with them because the more you hang out with them, the more that they influence your life. Some experts would say you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So think about that. What does that mean financially? What does that mean morally? What does that mean about your health or your family relationships? Who's influencing you? Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The heart of our Father would say to you, friends are important. And the kind of friends you choose are important. Now, fortunately, our Father also will give us some ideas about the kinds of friends we need to choose, that we would be wise to choose. And in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, it says this. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, Heart, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. In other words, as you're out developing friendships, watch out for people that display one or some of these qualities. Watch out for the people with haughty eyes. You, you know the people with haughty eyes. It's sort of just basically with a look kind of let you know that they think they're better than you. They, they look down upon you. They're, I'm white collar and you're blue collar. I drive this, you drive that, right? I'm educated, you're not. I'm cool and I'm in the worship band and you're just the pastor. You know the kind of people that I'm talking about. Tony Campolo um, was an author, college professor, and he said that when his wife Peggy was uh, full-time home with the kids, that he would take her from time to time to university social functions, and that often some of the other professors, especially some of the lady professors would, with a PhD, would kind of ask her in the, in the course of conversation, and he said kind of condescendingly would say, oh, and what is it that you do? And he said it happened so often, he'd, she'd you know, explain, well, I'm home with the kids or that sort of thing. It happened so often, though, that eventually, and she just kind of felt condescended to, that, that she just kind of came up with a response. So eventually, when they would ask, oh, and what is it that you do? She would then answer with this. I am socializing two homo sapiens into the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments for the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia that God willed from the beginning of creation. <laughs> and then she would look at them and go, and what is it that you do, right? 
Like, have your PhD stack up to what I just said. Oh, man. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. When you're picking friends, beware of a haughty spirit spirit. What about a lying tongue? That verse talks about a lying tongue. Proverbs 12, also talks about that. It says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. And if you've ever been hurt by someone's lies, you know, you know how bad that is. You, if someone's ever cheated on you, some, someone's ever spent the money when they weren't supposed to spend the money, they didn't come through when they told you they would come through. Lying lips. You, you know how hurtful that can be, especially in a relationship. And so, and so what we value when we're looking for friendships is we're, we're looking for truth-telling. We're looking for honesty. And even to the point where people would tell you truth that's hard to hear. We're, we're not talking about social media friends or buddies. We're talking about those real friends that you can develop a trust with to the point that they could look at you and tell you even tough truths. I mean, I don't even like to, you know, if somebody's got broccoli in their teeth and I'm having a conversation with them, like, I don't even want to bring it up because it feels awkward. But like, I want a friend that cares enough to go, hey dude, you got some broccoli in your teeth. Like, I don't want you to be embarrassed somewhere else. And I want a friend that, like beyond that, like if there are actual character issues in my life, I would love a friend that cares enough about me to say, hey, you know what? Um, there's some areas of your life that I just feel, you know, maybe you ought to take a look at. Maybe as a parent, I don't know if you're hitting the right, or, you know, as a leader, I just feel like you could. And someone that loves me enough to risk the awkwardness of that conversation because they, they love me enough to help to want to help me grow, that's an amazing friend. And do you know what's incredible about a friend that you know can tell you or is willing to tell you the hard truths is that when it turns around and they, have to, they get to tell you some good truth, you can count on it. So like when you're ready to um, you know, take a risk that God is calling you to take or when you're ready to start a business or when you're ready to go after something and you start to feel like, man, I just don't know if I have what it takes. And that friend comes and looks you in the eyes and says, no, man, you, you could do this. Like, I see this in you. You know they're not just blowing smoke because there's someone that will tell you the truth. Truth-telling, so, so important in significant friendships. Let's keep going. Hands that shed innocent blood is what that verse said, to which you're probably going, well, I'm pretty sure I have that one covered. Like, I don't, I don't think that's been a huge issue with my friends. But here's the deal. What about the people that, that kill careers. You know, like the people that shed innocent blood by just, you know, climbing the corporate ladder by walking over the backs of other people. I don't want that guy as, as, as a friend. Well, what about the person that kills confidence in others because in social situations they use their wit to throw out sick burns to, to make other people feel bad, to, to make themselves look better? I don't want to be around the person that's killing other people's confidence. I don't want to be around the person that when they see an opportunity, oh, you know what, this person's a couple months late on their rent or that sort of thing. Next thing you know, we're going to sue, we're going to foreclose, we're going to take advantage of their, of their vulnerability, we're going to kind of, kind of dive in on their marginalized life. I'm going, to, I'm going to take advantage of that. I don't want somebody who's going to kill someone else's hope, someone else's future. 
I don't even want somebody that's going to kill someone's joy. If you're ever out to eat with somebody, especially, like, listen, single people, if you're out dating somebody and the server, watch how that person that you're dating treats a server in a restaurant. I've seen those kind of people, you know, bark orders or speak condescendingly to. Next thing you know, they're killing someone's joy. Watch out for hands, people whose hands are shedding innocent blood. What about a heart that devises wicked schemes? Someone who sits around thinking about, man, if I could, ooh, I would. Somebody who sits around fantasizing about, oh, man, if I had, you know what, if I win the lottery, I'm marching right into management's office, and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. They're just fantasizing about that all the time. Or they're fantasizing about, you know what, if we didn't have these kids, if I didn't have these kids, I'd march right into my spouse's room, and I would, I would say, you know what? Somebody who fantasizes about what they would do. Because here's the thing. Those who just constantly have these thoughts, your thoughts will become actions. It's just a law of the universe. Your thoughts eventually lead to actions. You sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, you reap a destiny. So beware the people that are devising wicked schemes in their hearts. Their destiny is not good. Number five, feet that rush into evil. The people that are impulsive, the people that, that, that spend too much, that jump from job to job, the people that drink too much, the people that are the first ones to jump in the pool of the party. And I gotta be honest, they're pretty fun. But watch out for the people where their feet rush into evil. I used to, uh, I was a young adults pastor for years, which means I hung out with 18 to 35 year olds and they would say, yeah, your ministry is like a shoe factory. Everything comes out in pairs. <laughs> and they did. It's like these young adults were just, I want to get into a relationship, get into a relationship. You know, I've had multiple folks say, we took it too fast. Never had anybody say, we took it too slow. Fools rush in, they say. So watch out for friends that are impulsive. What about a false witness? Now that sounds like number two, right? Lying. But the truth is, it's talking about giving witness falsely about someone else. So it's more specifically not just talking about lying, but talking about slandering someone or gossiping about someone. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. So loyalty. I'm looking for loyalty in my friendships. I don't want somebody talking behind my back. I want somebody who has my back. And let me give you this just... Practically, if someone comes up to you at the office and starts gossiping about someone else, hey, come here, have you heard about so-and-so? And man, you lean in like, oh, this is, oh, this is exciting. And you think to yourself, now we've got something special. And this, I can trust this person. No, 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 listen. People that will gossip to you will gossip about you. Trust me and watch out for people like that. Uh, a false witness. And then finally, one who stirs up conflict in the community. 
This is the hothead. This is the people looking for a fight. This is the person that's constantly coming into situations and making them worse. Uh, You've probably heard this said that you bring two buckets to every conflict, to every fire in a relationship. And in one bucket, you have gasoline. And in one bucket, you have water. And those who are trying to stir up conflict, they can put gasoline on a fire and just make it worse. I want the kind of friend that can de-escalate a situation. I want the kind of friend that doesn't stir things up, but is actually what Jesus called in Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers. That's the kind of friend that I'm looking for. Well, folks, that's not an exhaustive list, but I hope it serves to give you a little, a little glimpse into the heart of the Father. He wants you to have friends, and he cares about the kind of friends that you choose and a glimpse into the practical the practicality and the truth and the wisdom of the book of proverbs friends matter and the kind of friends you choose matter well as we close i just got some great news for you guys if you'll help me out with this just kind of turn and lock eyes with somebody maybe somebody you came with just go ahead and turn and lock eyes with somebody go ahead and do it right now just look at them And here's what I want you to know. The person you're looking at, they are a sinner. (laughs) They are. (laughs) The Bible says so. Every one of us. (laughs) Sorry. But here's the thing. Yeah, sinful. Through and through. Really, they are. Um, But they are also wise. Because that's why they're here. They realize they need Jesus. That's why they showed up here today. Every one of these people is saying, you know what? I don't have it all together. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. That's wisdom. And do you know what else is wise about the person that you locked eyes with? Is that they realize that they need each other. We need each other. That's why we come together. That's why we don't just worship Jesus on our own, but we come together because we need God and we need each other. And the good news is that this place, if you're somebody that's looking for friends, This is one of the best places for you to find a friend. I'm serious. There's an entire group of people, leaders, staff, small group leaders. There's a bunch of small groups all around this place, and they would love for you to get to know them. They would love to get to know you. They would love to hang out with you. They would love to pray for you. They would love to uh, share burdens with you. They would love to to serve you. They would love to hang out and, and, and have fun together. That's when church becomes really powerful. I think what we do in here in rows on Sunday mornings is is really great. It's powerful, and I love what God does with what we do in rows. But when we get into circles, I tell you what, that's when next steps with God really happen. And so if you have yet to find your circle, a group, a team that you can be a part of. Maybe today is an encouragement. Maybe today is, is God sharing with you that that's your next step with God. We have the band come out. We're going to sing one last song. And while we sing that song, I just want to encourage you to think about, man, what is my next step with God? And, and since we talked about friendships today, I'll tell you in Proverbs 18, 24, it does say, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. 
But there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And a lot of people think that that's referring to Jesus. You know, in the New Testament, one of the label, one of the names of Jesus is actually a friend of sinners. You've heard it talked about in our service already today, but this good news that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for our sins. That while we were still sinners, he died for us. And that because he was both fully God and fully man, three days later he rose from the dead. And, and here's the thing, like, we don't believe that's a myth or a fable or an allegory. We really believe that happened. And because he rose from the dead, he has the right to extend an invitation to you and to me and to say, you know what? If you put your faith in me and come and follow me, then your sins can be forgiven and you can live forever. That's the good news. I'm so excited to tell you that our uh, South Lake campus told us they had a couple baptisms today where people are going public with their faith. That's available to you today as well. If, you, if you've never yet said yes to Jesus, we can help you make that decision. We're going to sing one last song, and while we do, during that song, if you want to, you can come right down front. There'll be people here that will pray with you. Maybe that's it. Maybe for you today, you just want somebody to pray with you. Maybe it's, maybe it's to get baptized today. Maybe it's to have somebody pray with you. Maybe, it's, maybe your next step with God is to say, hey, God, where, where can I find a group? Where can I find a team? Or maybe for you, it's, it's just to love your neighbor. You know, Jesus talked about that. What's your next step today? What's God calling you to do? Maybe it's just to come back next week. Hey, whatever your next step is, let's take it together as friends as we stand and sing this last song.